Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Ficini, represented by CLNS Media. Today on the show, it's Dieter Kurtenbach. The podcast is back, which is great. Uh, Dieter, how are you doing, man? It's been it's been too long since we've podcasted yeah, together. Yeah, I've grown a great bushy beard. Um, all Don't of my believe joints that hurt. for a second. No, you you shouldn't. My joints do hurt, though. Um, no, I'm doing good. I'm doing I'm doing good. It's playoff basketball. I as a man who has to cover the Golden State Warriors, I've been waiting months for this to actually start, and uh, then you get the Clippers. So I'm very excited. Get to come down to LA. We get to hang out. Uh, but yeah, I get to actually see some basketball that means something, and not these 82 perfunctory games that I've had to cover for for Golden State over the last I don't know. 10 years it seems like yeah the season did feel like it went particularly long for the warriors they just don't care and like how can anyone get excited about something that doesn't matter it's actually ironically it was super intriguing to like the national public where you have the durant fight you have the boogie stuff you have and then on kind of the granular level you have some interest on you know do all these parts fit together how can they make it work but ultimately they just didn't give a shit so it was kind of hard to pretend as if you should, but now they'll probably give a shit. Maybe we'll find out. Yeah. I I think that the Clippers are kind of the perfect matchup for them. We'll talk about this later, but like the Clippers are kind yeah. of the perfect matchup for the Warriors early on because they, a, the Warriors just fucking hate them. Like they hate the old. Clippers. Oh yeah. They, they, they do not, they do not like this current iteration either. Yeah. I mean, not, like, not to the same level, but yeah. It's not the same, but also it's at the point where this team needs someone that will push them and this Clippers team plays super hard. And I think that that is something that will really help them. But before we get into all of that, I just want to note the podcast's fine. It's good. I've just been on the road for two weeks now. Uh, I'm literally on, I think, day 11 or something of being on the road and I'm still not going to be home until tomorrow. Yeah, you're breaking. You're breaking under the pressure. So, like, mentally, my brain is breaking a little bit. Um, it's fine. Like, I'm not, like, you know, it's not, it's not bad or anything. It's just, I'm getting there. You know, I, I need to get home. I need to get home, need to uh, see the fiancé, need to see the animals, need to, you know, need to, need to be back in L.A. This is, this is the, the concern that I've had. So, I'm very excited because now basketball is, of course, for me at least, now it's interesting. Now things are happening. But I'm also now on the road for three straight months. I mean, and, until the end of the NBA Finals. Now, in some points, that might give me an entire week off at home, which sounds incredible, which means I have to cover baseball or, like, the NFL draft, which not so incredible, but here we are. Um, but, man, like, the, well, you, the get long... to, you get to cover Magabosa, so that's good. <laughs> man, I'm staying away from that. I've known Nick Bosa <laughs> since he was in – this, this always comes across super weird, but here it's a factual statement. I've known Nick Bosa since he was in eighth grade because I covered recruiting in South Florida. So I've known right. the Bosas forever. Uh First off, none of that stuff shocked me in the least bit. Shocked would have been, uh, I don't know if anyone should be shocked by white guy from rich suburb in South Florida has strong. Florida man likes Trump. Yeah, Florida (laughs) man likes Trump. I'm stunned. Uh, You know, so yeah, 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 I'm not, I'm not. Let let the kid do whatever he wants, because honestly, like the irony of all of this, and I won't go too deep into a 49ers tangent if I can help myself, but. Nick Bosa has a lot of similarities to Solomon Thomas, the guy that they drafted out of Stanford a couple of years back. He's kind of a five technique. Uh, Except like not... a lot better. <laughs> no, 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 no question. No question. <laughs> I don't want to beseech the good name of the Ohio state product, but like also Ohio man likes Trump. Uh, <laughs> like There's, there's similarities in shape and size. 
except like Solomon Thomas is objectively a tremendous human and uh, don't want to get into all of it. You can look it up. Uh, he, he's done incredible work. He's a smart guy. He cares. He's, he's always been accountable for not being all that good and being kind of a bust. If we're being totally honest, like he is just the best in everything other than football. Maybe Nick Bosa, maybe you need to bring in literally the opposite guy. Maybe that's how that has to go. Not to say that if you you know you like Trump, you're the worst human on the planet, but he seems like kind of a real shithead, if we're being totally honest. Yeah, in I mean... I know in fact, I know he is, but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, as someone who's not met Nick Bosa, I will, uh, I, I will get away from this one. But having said that, shout out Solomon Thomas. Let's get Solomon Thomas. I hope Solomon life, Thomas man. has a monster year. I hope, so I, I hope he does. What a guy. What a guy. That's all, that's all we want. We want Solomon Thomas to succeed. Um, so before we get into all of the madness of the playoffs and the last couple of days of the regular season, which I really want to talk about because there was mm-hmm. some hilarious stuff that happened, we have to get into the funniest thing of all that happened, uh, which was... <laughs> <laughs> it's too good. T- it's so good. It's Magic so good. Johnson. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson decided to get up in front of the media and resign without actually Just. resigning. He he went full Michael Scott. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And like, just did it in front of the media instead of like actually what? telling Jeannie Buss. He had, according to Chris Mannix, a three-hour meeting with Jeannie Buss the day before. The day before. He had a three-hour meeting with Jeannie Buss and brought none of this up. He brought none of this up that he was going to quit. And then oh he's like gosh. walking by and he has the quote. He's like laughing like, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> like, it's so bad. What? Uh, so for full context of what happened with me. So yeah. this breaks at around six o'clock Pacific time, something like that. Right. At seven o'clock, there is a world team practice here at Hoop Summit. So it mm-hmm. like... 30 minutes after Magic Johnson resigns, I'm sitting in a room with like 100 NBA executives. And (laughs) all of the NBA executives were as shocked as the internet. I will confirm that for you. Yeah. No, I I firmly believe it. (laughs) Firmly believe it. What a ridiculous, ridiculous thing that happened. So what was your just like first thought whenever you see Magic Johnson just got up in front of the media and resigned? One... Magic Johnson, a true friend to the media. Uh, let's establish that part of the reason I would venture to say Magic Johnson didn't really give any explanation other than he wants to tweet what he thinks, which <laughs> walking he wants away to tweet the congrats to Russell Westbrook. On the he wants he wants yeah, he wants to go back to being uh, a, a sentient golden retriever on Twitter. Um, <laughs> like walking away from ten million dollars a year so that you can tweet is some like that's okay, that's so incredible that is a that is a in the parlance of the children that's a weird flex but okay <laughs> so like magic already has like 500 million dollars something like that no totally he does not need the money but it is interesting that he would turn down that but like that's how much twitter is worth to him yeah twitter is worth 10 million dollars a year to magic johnson twitter is worth that's... twice what bob myers is getting paid from the warriors probably oh don't worry not for long but uh yeah uh <laughs> So that was my first thought was, wow. Uh, Second was, what a friend to the media Magic Johnson is. Because not only has he been leaking stuff left and right 
in his entire tenure. Not even necessarily like deliberately leaking. He just answer any question that someone asks him honestly. And then like you kind of have to go after the fact to be like, I guess we should attribute this to sources so we don't have a bigger problem. Like I, I don't really <laughs> even know. Like like did he really just tell us that answer flat out? He's he's always been just he just doesn't need this shit. And so he's carried himself with the I don't need this shit. I can do whatever I want. I'm Magic Johnson persona for the last two years or whatever it is, year and a half. Um, so, by the way, yeah, let me let me say this, too. Uh, that would extend to how much work he was actually doing as well. If you talk to oh, yeah. around the league, uh, I had like one executive estimated at like 10 hours in the office a week. Mm hmm. Um, like, and it's not like it's not like he's working remotely either, right? Like he he just isn't. He's not out there scouting. He's not out there no. like trying to you know figure out the best way to build this roster. It's nope. Just like he's waiting for the off season to come. He's waiting so that he can start recruiting free agents and not really doing any planning. And I think it shows in the way that he went around operating at the trade deadline, right? Mm-hmm. He. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, Rob Polinka, like we shouldn't absolve Polinka of blame here. Nope. But like trading Svee for Reggie Bullock is a short-sighted move, given that Reggie is going to be a free agent. I didn't hate it at the time, but like just the reason I didn't hate it was I thought that this team had more of a chance to turn it around. And from what I understand, if you were in the organization, you probably shouldn't really have had that realization. Okay. Um, That's uh aggressive <laughs> the second trade was obviously the avica zubak trade or zubats trade yeah uh, what the fuck was that which made no sense on any level you trade your starting center for mike muscala and but zubats. they needed shooting sam they needed shooting but by the way the reason they needed shooting was because magic johnson got in front of a tv at summer league and said we got you know, shooting the, we got the shooting. way the warriors you know all these teams that had shooting they weren't successful in the playoffs you know we need to build the anti-warriors is basically what he said and well he did that he did that, he did that. They, you know, i guess they could have lost more to be the anti-warriors and because of the fact that he did that they had to take the ball out of lebron james's hands more because he was like realistically one of the only people that defenses respected from or away from the arc and you signed rajon rondo and you had lonzo ball so like what are we doing here? <laughs> just just well, keep coming this back is, to this. Like, what are we doing here? Well, this this kind of goes to my initial thought. I honestly thought, oh, this is good news for the Lakers. Like, we don't have to go through this charade anymore. That Magic has any interest in this job. That he knows what he's doing. That maybe, you know, I, I, I immediately extrapolated it out to, you know, we don't have to pretend as if Rob Palenka can't just go run his book clubs wherever he wants. Um, I, I don't think... I don't think it took a rocket scientist to figure out that what what's going on in LA isn't working for all the reasons you just listed. I would argue even the the, the LeBron, you know, they they tout it as this was a ma- major accomplishment. I, I don't know what the fuck they even did to get LeBron. LeBron had made up his mind to go to LA. All they had to do was not fuck it up, and I guess an accomplishment in that regard. But all they did then on top of that was essentially seed away power in a lot of areas of the organization to LeBron and help create an even bigger mess than it even needed to be. By not by just kind of well, letting him run however he wanted, we get the Anthony Davis situation, which well, I don't here, think is ultimately the reason they I would didn't say make the playoffs, that. but it wasn't good. Yeah, yeah, like here's what I would say about like seeding away power because I think unquestionably they did seed away right. power. But like 
when David Griffin was in Cleveland, you know, there were the jokes that LeBron was running the Cavs and Rich Paul was running the Cavs, mm-hmm. but LeBron and Rich Paul weren't actually running the Cavs. Like, they David, weren't actually running the Cavs, yeah. Right, like David actually was running the Cavs, and it was because he was a strong general manager who knew what he was doing and figured things out and came up with really smart ideas, came up with very interesting ways to build, right? Mm -hmm. In Los Angeles, because there was a vacuum there, because there was not really a strong leader there, it created this vacuum that LeBron and Rich Paul were able to enter and build up a lot of, uh, consolidate basically power within the organization. And, it got to the point this year where, like, LeBron was essentially, I don't want to say he was running the show. He wasn't. No, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. That's, that's extreme. But, but he, he could they had a lot of shots. strength. Yeah. They had a lot going on there. Like, LeBron rolling up uh, to a game, like, with a glass of red wine. Like, he, like I get that it's LeBron and he's injured, like, for the first time and mm-hmm. all of this. But at the same time, this is not stuff that happened regularly. When he was in Cleveland, it's because right. like someone would have been like, "Hey, like don't do." There this. was a level of decorum that had to be maintained in that. Right. Even if, listen, and, and, and I don't want to necessarily throw away all the credence to the ridiculous but uh, not completely unfounded argument that well, LeBron was running the show in Cleveland. LeBron had an outsized amount of say, sure, uh, because yes. he's the franchise player and he he wielded the power that he had along with Rich Paul. Unlike other stars, a guy like Giannis can probably do the same thing in Milwaukee. He doesn't. A guy like Steph can do the same thing in Golden State. He doesn't. And this isn't to say that that's better or worse. Uh, more power to LeBron for, you know, he has the power. He should use it. Uh, I don't know if he's used it well, but more power to him in, in that regard. But David Griffin ran the show. And it was David Griffin's call that he would run by LeBron. And I, I don't know of a, a particular example to where they disagreed. But um, that's not but what's the, going on But the on other here thing is, like, David came up with creative deals, right? Like, the Kyle Korver trade to get him to Cleveland was an objectively very creative deal. No that, question. like, got around the fact that they didn't own a draft pick in, I want to say it was, like, the 2019 draft. So they had to figure out a way to swap picks and, you know, add in another team to make it work. Like, that's the kind of creativity that we just haven't seen from this Lakers front office. No question. No question. So, and, and we're not and we're not going to see it because hey, it'll be really interesting to see where this goes. Because well, let's, let me let's also... let me kind of finish on magic before we move forward uh, into like okay. the future. Because mm. like being around all of these executives, right? Like I got to ask around and like just kind of get the tenor of what the rest of the NBA thinks, right? right? And basically their exact response was exactly what you said. It was seriously, Magic Johnson doesn't need this shit. Like, and he operated like he doesn't need this shit. Like, it's not just Dieter saying that. Like, other NBA teams felt like Magic Johnson did not need this shit. Nope. And that's a problem when you're running an organization. Like, that... Yeah. When you're acting president just acts above it and doesn't put in the necessary work, that's a problem. And, like, in Magic's case, I actually think that the Lakers, like you said, are in a better place now. And I think Magic's in a better place now. Too, to be honest. And here's why I, why I say that. Like, Magic has always recognized when he's not good at something. Like, there is self-awareness there. Like, it's not a circumstance where um, okay. this guy doesn't recognize. Like, some guys, like, 
don't recognize they're not good at something, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and like always just defend themselves, defend themselves, defend themselves. You can go back through Magic Johnson's career. Magic Johnson lasted, what, like 15 games as head coach of the Lakers. Yeah, he said, I don't need this shit, and he left. Magic Johnson had the magic hour because he was this bubbly personality that everyone was charmed by. There's an but, argument on if that was so much, I don't need this. It, it was kind of, I don't need this shit from day one. There are stories about him not exactly showing up to work. Right. Uh, honestly, I think that part of it is he just didn't didn't realize he was good at it and didn't need this shit. Right? Correct. He got out quickly. Mm-hmm. He absolutely got out quickly. And then next was this shot. Did it for, what, a year and a couple months? Shit, he, right? think about this. He, he left. He was on ESPN. He did the, right. the countdown show or whatever. He did it for a year. He quit a week before the season started. Really wasn't very good at it. And that's fine. No, 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 he wasn't. He was not good at that. But it's like, it's okay. When you're Magic Johnson and you're not good at things, you're so good yeah. at so many other things that it doesn't matter. Well, he's, he's, good at, he's good at being Magic Johnson, being super charming, being Magic Johnson. That is, that is apparently an extremely marketable skill. It is. Uh, it, just like being it, it's, famous. It's just not a big deal. Like, it's not talking, like, I mean, like, honestly, like, Magic, I think, should have recognized, should have talked to people around basketball and realized what goes into this job before doing it. He shouldn't have just jumped in with two feet because he loves Jeannie Buss and, like, you know, Mm -hmm. thinks he can do great at this job. He should have, like, recognized what it takes to do this job beforehand. So I'm not absolving him of blame here. Like, he deserves a lot of blame for this last year of Lakers disaster because it's not, it's been a pretty big disaster in LA. Yeah. But I will give him credit for knowing when to get out before things get too bad for him, because things like could have turned to where Lakers fans do not like magic. Like they're always going to love magic, the player, but legacy I think is important. And I think that his legacy, the playing career never would have been overshadowed. But it, mm-hmm. if he would have stayed in this job and they would have failed in the LeBron era, in large part because of a lack of creativity from the front office, right? Lakers fans would have seen that as a blight on the Lakerdom oh, yeah. of Magic Johnson. Getting out this early, I think it's just going to be like a blip in the blip on the radar, right? Like it's oh he kind of failed at being the coach, oh he kind of failed at being the general manager. But you know what? Like they got LeBron during the G during the Magic days, so. You know what? Like, that's a success. I think that LeBron was coming regardless of who was in charge. But, like, you know what? They will look back and say Magic Johnson was the GM when LeBron James became a Los Angeles Laker. And as long as LeBron does what LeBron can do, I think that, you know, is now that he has gotten out and now that he has not totally failed at this job. Uh, Okay. Yep. Because of the LeBron thing. I think that it will be looked upon as just a blip on the radar of, eh, this didn't really work, but you know what? He's still magic. We love him. We have to get into the notion of ownership and where blame lies with Jeannie Buss because we talk about that being the more or less deciding factor in so much of success and failure in North American professional sports. And we've seen what's gone on with the Knicks over the last, I don't know, two decades, three decades with James Dolan in charge. And the, there are some similarities here between when Phil Jackson took over the Knicks and then giving Magic Johnson the Lakers and how they both did not work out and how neither of those guys was putting in all that much work, for being totally honest. And kind of where they go from here, I, they're going to go for Bob Myers, the Warriors GM. 
I have a hard time, but not an impossible time, seeing Bob wanting to take on all of the nuance and peculiarity of that situation, even though this might actually be a good time for Bob to go on to to something more. He will get a significant raise from the Warriors, I would imagine, uh, just for taking a meeting with the Lakers, and they are going to go after him. Uh, he is. He went to UCLA. He lived down in LA for an extended period of time. I still believe he owns a home down in LA. Uh, but I don't think that that's going to be his gig because then he has to bring in a whole new front office. The Palinka situation is still up in the air, and ultimately, you are still always going to be dealing with LeBron's timeline. You have LeBron for three more years. Uh, those are not going to be his prime years by any stretch. He's still an exceptional basketball player. This isn't to say LeBron is washed in really any way, but we're, we're catching the, the downslope is inevitable. And perhaps we saw it this year with the first long-term injury that he's had, I think ever. Um, I don't know who wants to take that job. I don't know how they attack it. They're going to pay, but they ha- they have to nail this one uh, as, as any, as any you know position like this, you have to nail, but, particularly after the failures and with another max salary cap spot on the books for this summer. I, I am I am intrigued as to know if Magic maybe thought he couldn't get the job done in recruiting another max guy. Uh, I think never, that's very possible, yeah. He never got a meeting with Paul George, okay, is what it is. But the fact that we don't hear a lot of Lakers rumors outside of the Anthony Davis thing, which you want to talk about a fuck-up, I mean, world-class fuck-up with the Anthony Davis drama and and rumors, and I know that's not all coming from the Lakers, but they, again, as you mentioned earlier, the power vacuum that was there allowed that situation to to happen in the manner it happened. Yeah, Uh, the end result was that every every young guy and every veteran on the Lakers team was involved in trade rumors outside of LeBron James. And, you know, if you listen to Bill Orem, uh, the athletics beat writer for the Lakers like that shit mattered. Like it, it actually kind of turned the chemistry of the team. I do find it interesting. In fact, really interesting that we really haven't heard anything from LeBron outside of, I believe a uh, Michael Lee column. Um, we haven't heard anything from LeBron on social media. This is a guy who who is very much online, uh, happy to tout his accomplishments and, and mention how, you know, amazing it is that he's just a kid from Akron or whatever, but uh, haven't heard a damn thing from LeBron regarding Magic stepping down. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, he was down in Miami last night, or down where for Wade's last game? It was were they Miami. not in Brooklyn? They were in Brooklyn. They were in Brooklyn, that's right. Um, for like You know what, Dwayne Wade's his best friend. I understand that there were exit interviews like with the Lakers yesterday, I yeah. guess. But no, I, I have no problem with LeBron being there or not. Really I'm just care. saying, uh, he had a he had a four something hour flight, and I know his plane has Wi Fi. Just you know, just interesting. This guy's on Instagram a lot. It's on but you Twitter know what? Like, what is the benefit of LeBron? What is the benefit of LeBron saying something? Uh, again, vacuums. Vacuums are no good. You got to say something, right? But and, right now, there's a vacuum, regardless of what he says, because they literally don't have a president of basketball operations. It's just interesting that he hasn't said, and I, I don't want to it make a mountain out of a mulligan like, here, that he hasn't said, because Magic resigned. He wasn't fired. He resigned right. willingly. Um, again, friend to the media wanted to hold a, a rambling 40-minute impromptu press conference to resign before telling his boss 
what a guy. I had someone but, joke about uh, Magic saying, like, it looked like he had, like, two glasses of wine and just got up in front of the media. Like, an NBA executive said that. I don't, I don't doubt that for a nanosecond. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Magic is that much of a drinker. Um, I but, don't think, like, honestly, I've never heard of him drinking even. But, like, that's no. that was the perception of what it looked like to other executives, I think, is why I say that. So, my favorite, my favorite tweet of the evening was Chris Haynes there and like describing it as 40 minutes of just rambling nonsense from Haynes. Like Chris Haynes is like the nicest human. (laughs) He's the nicest human. He is a wonderful mouthpiece. Like Chris Haynes does not go out on limbs like that. I mean, he'll, he'll do a little bit of, you know, playful banter, but he does not like, he doesn't kind of drag dudes ever. And like, that was a low key drag. And, uh, it was, it was kind of like, all I could think about after that tweet was he just has rambling press conferences impromptu where he announces policies that haven't been run by his bosses or haven't been run by anybody. And he really wants to tweet whatever he wants. Like magic Johnson should run for president. Oh my God. I actually did like see a joke. Should magic Johnson run for governor of California? I mean, I wouldn't vote for him because I know what his work ethic is like on things that he thinks are hard or I also challenging. And California's a bit him. of a challenge. But like, what happens with Rob Palinka now? Is is he just at the mercy of whomever takes over know. this job? Or or, or I, mean, I think he has to be. Been, yeah. Like no question. There have been rumors the that Genie's uh, Genie's about the Rob Palinka though, and that Rob will. You know, I think Sam Amick reported that that. She's going to embolden him even more. And perhaps Rob Palinka is now the dude and they don't have necessarily a president of basketball operations. So I do think that right now, Rob Palinka is emboldened. Like right now, he is the guy running the show. If they go out and hire Bob Myers and Bob Myers does not want Rob Palinka around, well, that's going to be yeah, the end of Rob Palinka. That's, like, that's a contingency upon, uh, yeah, yeah. Or well, like well, if, well, they, well, if they go well, out and Pal- hire David Griffin and... David Griffin doesn't want Rob Blinka around and that's his like thing that he wants, which I don't know if it would be or wouldn't be like Rob's not going to be around. You know what I mean? Like it all just depends. Like, I don't know, man. Like it depends. I think it depends on where they go from here more than anything. I, I do think they're going to look for Bob Myers. I think that the guy that they should hire is David Griffin because worked once with LeBron. Might as well go to David Griffin, empower him. And, and I know that, you know, David's been looking for sort of a, a holy grail job. He's not going to just take any any crappy job. I think uh, the Lakers would be pretty damn good for him. No. If I was Bob Myers, I would seriously consider leaving. Because on the on the basis of Kevin is most likely gone, Durant is most likely gone. You are salary cap strapped, and, and can't you can really... be the guy that brought the Lakers back. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a thought there. You also have to then take into account that Bob Myers is a Bay Area guy. He came back to bring the Warriors back. There might actually be some conflict in the eight-year-old's mind, if you will, yeah, about yeah. doing it for the Lakers as well. Um, he loves working with Steve Kerr. They're they're extremely close. Uh, I think that it would be a challenge for him to leave a relationship like that, especially when, truth be told, money should be equal both ways. Um, I don't think that the Warriors can get outbid for Bob Meyer services. I don't leave it out of the realm of possibility that Joe Lacob just decides to be stingy on the principle of being stingy uh, because most likely it'd be his son that would take over as GM, but that's not important. Uh, 
So there's there's intrigue there. There's no doubt, and I, I'm certain that Bob is is gonna listen to the offer. But I, I am not as um, I am not as optimistic for the Lakers that they can get Bob Myers as perhaps the general public and the informed or the more informed than I are. Uh, I, I just see a, a couple of roadblocks there that I think are going to be too hard to get over. But been wrong before. There's another name that we haven't mentioned that that will be interesting over the next couple of weeks. And he's already down in L.A. He has an affiliation with the Warriors as well. And it's the old GM. It's Jerry West. And I don't think that Jerry is in a position that he wants to be the everyday dude. But as just sort of the overseer and Oracle and basketball genius that he is. I see what you did there with Oracle. Yeah, no, the, the pun was fully intended. Um, <laughs> so here's what I'll say about Jerry, though. Yeah. So from what I understand, people have kind of ascribed more credit to Jerry for what the Clippers are doing than what it is, than what, like, is yes. in actuality happening. I very much believe that, yes. Like, from what I understand, like, Lawrence is 100% running the show. Lawrence is the primary guy, and like you know sometimes we'll reach out to jerry for advice and that's not that different than what it was with the warriors perhaps a little bit more uh jerry and more meetings with bob myers but uh right you gotta remember bob bob had never been a full-time gm he'd been an assistant gm for a little bit learned the ropes but uh yeah they, they would run everything more or less by jerry i don't think that the same amount of everything is being run by jerry with the clippers but he's there as kind of a big picture guy yeah um so i I don't really think of jerry as a realistic guy here for the lakers like maybe i mean maybe but like i I just don't like see it you know like they could hire jerry they could not hire jerry i I don't see it as a big deal either way maybe i guess the way to put it um i do think that having jerry west in your camp is worth whatever money jerry west wants i think that that's been it's been proven enough to where you want you want that. I, I, I think that if the Lakers are going to throw around $10 million to Magic Johnson, who doesn't need the damn money, it's they can point. throw some scratch Jerry West way to just make sure that he, just to be someone who's there who doesn't let shit completely fall off the rails. Yeah, that's a fair point. Because Lord um, knows it has enough with them. So basically the Lakers are in a very weird spot right now. Let's just like put a bow on it. I mean, oh yeah. I honestly oh, yeah. don't even know where they need to go here at this stage. It's they just yeah. need competence more than anything. They need creativity and competence to build around LeBron. The good news is that they have basically an empty roster with a lot of cap space and with some young talent that they can easily move and with LeBron. And that's like like they're going to get an awesome general manager because mm-hmm. A they will pay for one and B there's still a lot to like about the Lakers. Like this Oh job, yeah, for sure is still sure. one of the five, realistically, I would say one of the five most attractive jobs in the league because of the pay, because of where you're going to live, and because of the roster composition right now. Like, it's going to be, I do think it's like relatively easy to build a competent roster with where the Lakers are right now. I agree with that. So, and, and, and listen, you know, as much as we joke about the Anthony Davis thing now, like, he's probably going there. I mean, maybe he goes somewhere else, but uh, I guess the Lakers probably still have the inside track. Maybe, who knows? I don't think they have the inside track for him right in, for like him in a trade, but like maybe in 2020, we could say. Oh, fun times. 
We get so, to talk about 2020 free agency. Let's not go there. Uh, we're all going to be old and losing hair by then. But the good news is that I have a <laughs> great product for you by the time 2020 rolls around. Uh, it's Hims. 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. But the thing is that when you no- start to notice hair loss, it's too late. If that hairline slowly starting to move backwards, if you have any bald spots, how are you going to feel a year from now if it's no longer business as usual up there? I've got the solution. It's forhims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Uh, Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss, well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Uh, there's no waiting room. There's no awkward doctor visits. You save hours by going to forhims.com. Uh, look, this, this stuff is great. You should absolutely go to four hams. I have no problem endorsing it. Uh, but here's the deal. My listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details and safety information. This will cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to forhymns.com slash game theory. That's G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash game theory. Forhymns.com slash game theory. You know what? Theater, I feel pretty good. I feel like my transition game, you know, even though I've done this for a few years. You didn't weeks, lose it, baby. I'm that jumper it. stayed wet. It's still we're still golden, baby. Um Damn. That was that was expertly done. Yeah, it was. Uh I don't know. Let's talk about the, next, the last two days of the regular season. So we had Dirk and we had Wade okay. and we had the ridiculous Jamal Crawford game. Uh, yes. You know, on the second to last day of the season with the Magic Johnson deal. Did any of that stand out to you? Well, Dirk actually announcing that he was retiring after yeah. 80 games of pretending that maybe he wouldn't was, was a nice notion. Um, certainly anyone who watched Dirk play at all this year knew that he should retire. Uh, but it was nice to kind of hear him do it. I thought that the Mavericks had a first-class ceremony for him. Kind of weird, right, with all the uh, guys who didn't play with him uh, showing up. But Wasn't the theory very that cool. those were all of Dirk's favorite players growing up? So, like, he Entirely. brought them, yes, they brought 100%. them in? Yeah, it's yeah. great. And then it's awesome. It's a, it's a nice notion. I, I don't. I, it was a little weird for them to all speak, but that's okay. Um, it was a great ceremony, all that. The, the Wade thing, uh, you know, as someone who, who lived in South Florida, uh, I thought Dan Lebitard's column on ESPN really, really summed it up. There's not a lot of winning down there, as much as the Marlins have won two World Series uh, in in the last two decades. It hasn't resonated because they haven't had a franchise player, and any franchise player they had, they traded away. The Dolphins have sucked. The U has sucked. Um, you know, the Panthers are completely irrelevant. And, and so it's been Dwayne Wade. And that one championship he won with Shaq uh, put the heat on the map in a lot of regards. Uh, they, they weren't just kind of a, a fledgling mid-market team that every now and again Eastern Conference, they, they became uh, a power broker in the league, and then they, they cashed in on that power and getting LeBron and, and Chris Bosh and putting together one of the best four-year runs in NBA history, at least on court, uh, only two championships during that span. It, it, that was a really big deal, uh, but obviously the thing I took away from that night, that final night in Miami, was Wade completely eating it, trying to jump up on the table. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> Um, Dirk, uh, is the guy like that. I want to just spend a minute on. I mean, Dirk was one of my favorite players growing up, just watching a guy that was seven feet tall and could knock down threes and was like, he was more athletic when he was younger, but he was never an elite level athlete. It was just unbelievable to watch. Like he would just destroy guys. And to this day, I still don't 
quite understand how he was as effective <laughs> as he was. Like, it's not that, yeah. you know, obviously his feel for the game was unbelievable. Like, I can do it for you in basketball terminology and everything, but, like, just, like, think about that guy being right. as unbelievably good at basketball as he was. It's remarkable to me in so many ways. And, right. I, like, I, I am going to miss watching Dirk play basketball to an extent like i've already missed watching dirk play basketball like it's been hard to watch him these last few years like it's you know it's still nice to see him around though like not seeing him around is going to be a bummer i think no question about that it's a testament to skill over ability right and just honing your craft certainly being seven foot tall helped but um, he, he created a new breed of player. Uh, he, he normalized the stretch four, which is now ubiquitous across the league. He was a major influence in uh, Europeans normalizing uh, into the NBA um, and being you know captains and, and it not being a, a weird thing, but kind of removing the stigma uh, around European players. Uh, yeah, I mean, you see so many of his influences in any game you watch. Not Dirk games, any NBA basketball game. You can you can point to something and say that is because of or a direct consequence of Dirk Nowitzki. That that is an impact that I don't think we fully grasped in the moment, and it might take a while for us to fully understand how important Dirk Nowitzki was to just the game of basketball in general. Uh, if he wasn't such a great player, he might have gone down as a founder, though that's kind of a chicken-and-egg scenario uh, in the Basketball Hall of Fame. But, um, yeah, I mean, D- Dirk's, Dirk's the absolute the absolute best. And, uh, and, and let's not forget his all-time flex on Dwayne Wade uh, when he, Dwayne Wade, LeBron, and I think even Bosh, uh, though I don't like to say bad things about Chris Bosh because he's such a great guy, but, like, they were all coughing going into that game in the NBA Finals, and all all... Dirk did was drop, you know, a big old number on him with 104 fever and essentially clinch it for the for the Mavericks. It was uh, some world class stuff from Dirk Nowitzki. He was a stone cold killer as much as he was a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, and Jamal Crawford dropping 51 was just fun. Like that was hilarious. When is Jamal the funniest, Crawford gonna stop, man? The funniest part of it was like the Suns and Cavs were basically tied going right. into that like night. And the Suns could have, like, genuinely lost draft position. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that, actually, I do think they were both, like, in the top three, and realistically, the top three all get the same odds. But it still would have been hilarious, like, if they dropped from, like, second worst record to, like, now officially the third worst record because Jamal Crawford (laughs) dropped 51 (laughs) points in a night. Dallas ended up winning, but it was great. Right. Um, Man, Jamal Crawford's going to, I was saying even before we came on, Jamal Crawford's going to be dropping 40 at 50 years old like the the dude the dude just gets buckets doesn't do I, shit else but he gets buckets i have legit told every team that like if they draft kevin porter they should sign jamal crawford because jamal's like just such a great mentor you know it, yeah he's a guy that really will help kevin be on the straight and narrow uh, not that kevin's like a bad kid or anything he's not it's just like no. there is there's stuff there and I would really, really uh, like to see that happen. I'd like to see the 
old Seattle, uh, you know, the start of this Seattle run, basically, of really fun players and Jamal Crawford. Like, I don't associate Seattle basketball with anyone more than Jamal Crawford. Like, Jamal Crawford is the guy for me, even above, like, Nate Robinson, above Zach Levine, above, like, all the other guys that they've had. Right. Like, to me, it's Jamal. And I would love to see the new guy from that area, Kevin Porter, get that year of mentorship uh, on the same team because I think it'd be really fun. I, I do think that Jamal Crawford will be with the Seattle Sonics when they are uh, reintroduced into the NBA in 2031. I would so hope so. That'd be really fun. Um, all right. So let's move on to the last day here real quick. Yeah. Actually, a lot of jockeying, like at a really important last day. Too much uh, jockeying. Too much. It was too much to keep track of. I especially had to given the, like, the, the guys day. that were actually on the court, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was... It was some hot G League action. So the funniest one was the Blazers. The Blazers sat like all of their guys basically in an attempt. Yeah, they did. I think to lose the game. <laughs> and yeah. they play Anthony Simons 48 minutes. They play Gary Trent 48 minutes. They play Jake Lehman 48 minutes. They play six guys the entire game. And, and they in the, the best, fuck out. <laughs> in the best proof positive of. Players don't tank, front offices tank. Right. Those six dudes came back from a third, a 25-point halftime deficit to yep. beat the Kings and clinch the three seed. Or clinch, the, is it the three? It's the three, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're the three. Sons of bitches got the three seed. First and foremost, shout out Damian Lillard. Like, unbelievable, unbelievable season that he oh, has yeah. dragged this Blazers team to 53 wins. Second, unbelievable <laughs> That <laughs> Scalabissier revenge game goes for 29 and 15. Anthony Simons had 30, I think it's 38 points and four assists going into this game. It had 37 right. points and nine assists in this game to get them the three seed. The NBA wild. This I honestly wild. think that is my funniest game of the season. Like no question in my mind. Most hilarious result. It was certainly preposterous. Um, and then all, all the Kings did after that game was fire Dave Yeager. Yeah. We'll talk about Dave in a second. Um, so the, the nuggets obviously came back. They, uh, they won their game. They're now the two seed, which forces the Rockets into the four seed, which forces Utah into the five seed, which seems just like incredibly unlucky. I know that Utah started the season kind of poorly and in a lot of ways (laughs) they can blame that. Like, or they can like blame yeah. themselves for not getting there. But man, that jazz team is like, just kind of unlucky about the way that this. Totally. Down. It, it, yeah. Yeah. That said, I do like that first round matchup. It's going to be a great first round matchup. I'm very excited. We'll get into it in a second. Uh, we have the thunder beating the bucks to clinch the six seed. Not a full Bucks roster or anything. The Thunder also on the previous night had to get the Paul George shot with like one and a half seconds left to right. have a chance even to get the sixth seed. Uh, the, that whole deal is hilarious to me because <laughs> if Paul George doesn't hit that shot, they're the eight seed. Yes. And if they're the eight seed, they're going out in four or five games to the Golden State Warriors. Probably, yeah. If that happens, I mean, they're not beating them, but yeah. Billy Donovan's getting fired if that happens, I think. Really? 
I, it would not surprise me if that would have happened, if Billy Donovan would have gotten fired. Because this team just tanked at the end of the year. Yeah, they really did suck at the end of the year. Well, people got the book on everybody, including right. Russ. I mean, not that the book was that hard to read, but like they just let, let Russ shoot dudes out of the game. That's and fine. now you're looking at a circumstance where they're the sixth seed against a Portland team that has lost nine straight playoff games. Yep. And they're going to be favored in that series, I bet. <laughs> And if they're not, it's kind of who wants it. Put it this way: if they're not favored yeah. in that series, I am betting on them in that series. Yeah, yeah. Port, and then Portland's, they're going to get either Denver or yeah. San Antonio. I know. I mean, it, and it's I a very... they might be favored in that series too. Uh, I'd like Denver over them, but yes, I I, I see where you're at. Yeah, they, they're some lucky sons of bitches. That's that's so what they like are. they're they're they have gone from going out in four or five to maybe making the Western Conference the Finals. Season. To, like I don't know if they're the favorite to make the Western Conference Finals out of that like quadrant, you know, quad of uh, Denver, Portland, yeah. and San Antonio, but they're just they're a very good chance to do it. They're probably the number two team. Yeah, and they're and they're not that far behind Denver. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. I mean, they'll get their beating from the Warriors in, in four or five games, regardless. But certainly, certainly better to have it happen in the Western Conference Finals than it is in in the first round. So that Paul George shot worth an entire year's worth of salary in many senses. Could have been. It really could be. Uh, next, we've got just the East jockeying. Like at the end, there we've got like the Nets winning to get the six, Magic win to get the seven, Detroit won. They just ended up with the eight after kind of falling apart a little bit late in the season. Um, yeah, those three teams. Like, I just do want to like mention those three teams uh, because because like the podcast. Like, I stopped like doing it for a couple of weeks here at the <laughs> end. Like, I just haven't talked enough about the Magic particularly. Like, right. the Magic going forty two and forty this year is unbelievable to me. Like, uh, Steve Clifford, Steve motherfucking Clifford. I, he's dude. not going to win Coach of the Year, but he would be in my top three for coach of the year after this close to the season. Hard to argue. Like he has just been absolutely incredible. Like they got career year from Nikola Vucevic. They got a really strong year from Aaron Gordon. Uh, Yvonne Fournier, like, look, he didn't play well and they still figured it out. Um, right. You know, Jonathan Isaac is looking like just the absolute uh, monster defender that everyone anticipated him being coming out of uh, mm-hmm. Florida State, or at least like scouts anticipated him to be. I don't know if everyone did. Um, yeah. You know, Terrence Ross, they got draft. a really yeah. yeah. Terrence Ross, they got a really good year out of Terrence Ross off the bench. Um, DJ Augustine is the starting point guard on an NBA playoff team that went forty-two and forty this year. Yep, and like. Sh- Shout out Kem Birch, like shout out Wes Awundu for like, you know, winning a spot there. Like they, they've just, this team is unbelievable to me in so many ways. And I think they deserve so much credit for it. My question, I guess then is, is this something that feels like a one-off or do we feel like the base is there to where this magic team can get a little bit better next season, or at least get back to this status? Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be something that is long-term sustainable or not. Like, mm-hmm. I think they're going to need Mobamba to really figure it out. Because, like, look, Nikola Vucevic is a free agent this summer, too. Like, yeah, he gone. I, I don't know if he's gone or not, to be honest. Like, if I was him and the Magic were willing to pay me like I was a star player. Like, honestly, if the Magic were willing to pay me four years, you know, $25 million a year or something, which his production this year genuinely, like, Worth says it. he should be paid. Now, would I pay that to him as a 
general manager running a front office, there's no circumstance where I would. I would not want to pay for a guy that will be 29 next season and is very skilled, but, you know, not the most athletic guy. I just, man, like... I just don't know where they go from here. Like they're going to need Mo to step up. They're going to need Jonathan Isaac to step up. They're going to have to figure out what they want to do with Gordon, Isaac and Bamba all in the same front court. Cause I don't really think that works long-term. Like it's just a very right. convoluted deal. I think it's interesting. Uh, because again, but, I, I think that most people think this is a year ahead of schedule. If, well, if there was ever what, even though, a schedule, like, I don't even know that, like, I don't know that there's a schedule for them right now, but I, I also don't know that they're, questionable future should take away from the incredible accomplishment that was this year. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like by discussing that and like thinking about that, like on this podcast, particularly, like we'll talk about their future once they get eliminated from the playoffs. But like, on, right. Like I, I do just like want to like spend a, like just like take this second here and be like Steve Clifford did a fucking unbelievable job this year and yeah like and, these and guys, guys all just really, the players deserve really so made credit. a jump yeah yeah um, top to bottom I mean I, I when you're that's an organizational win uh, for the Orlando Magic to make the playoffs when no one no one no one perhaps even some in Orlando expected it on the run that they made over the last few weeks to beat the teams that they beat and, you know, to jump over the teams that they jumped over. Um, yeah, it's special. That was, that was, it was special. And, and, and you know what, like, shout out to Brooklyn Shout out Brooklyn. But like Brooklyn, we've seen this kind of all year. We've obviously been on the Brooklyn bandwagon for a while. We love what Kenny Atkinson does. Uh, I don't think necessarily we presume that D'Angelo Russell wouldn't miss again, but like, Certainly, they were plenty bullish on D'Angelo Russell's potential to get to the spot where many thought that he was going to be when he was drafted by the Lakers. Uh, there were a lot. Of, there were the signs were clearly there in Brooklyn that something good can happen. I didn't see the sixth seed happening, but maybe they can make a run at the playoffs, and, and this is what happened with Orlando. No one five hundred was a pipe dream, and yet here they are. And I think that they're going to make the series against the Raptors more interesting than I, I think the general public is uh, is giving them credit for. I don't think they win it. I'm not, I'm not going out that far, but I, I would not be completely shocked if it went six games. Yeah, I, I don't really see that personally, but That's I okay. hope it happens. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and then like shout out the Nets too. There's, like, a, there's a there's a peak. Yeah. Well, I just want to shout out the Nets, too, because, like, look, the Nets are in an unbelievable uh, situation organizationally right now. And, yes. and by unbelievable, I don't mean, like, impressive. I mean, like, I genuinely can't believe that they're here. Um, Sean Marks, Trajan Langdon, Kenny Atkinson. It's preposterous. They've turned the culture of that program just around so well. And have bought low on, like, all of these guys that have succeeded. D'Angelo Russell was an incredible buy low. Um you know, Spencer Dinwiddie had just been cut by your Chicago Bulls. Uh, mm-hmm. Ed Davis is a great, great get uh, that was. We knew, we knew that when they signed Ed Davis, though. It was. Just, like, it, was just, it. it was like, why did Portland give this guy up immediately? Right. Joe Harris, right. another guy. Unbelievable. Karis LeVert. Drafting Karis LeVert, coming off of a foot injury, believing that you can fix that. That's great. You get Jared Allen, a lottery-level talent, at like 20 in the draft. That's great. Like They've just done an utterly remarkable job of building on the margins while also maintaining flexibility long-term. And I don't know what's going to happen this summer, but it's going to be... They are a genuine team to watch, I think, in terms of free agency. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's... um... 
Man, it's, it would be a really good time to be be a Nets fan. I agree. Hope you 100%. bought in when we were telling you to buy in years ago because um, sky is the limit. I mean, they could be they could be a legitimate contender in the Eastern Conference next year if the chips continue to fall their way. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to go next? Dave Yeager uh, gets fired. <laughs> the Vladi mess yeah. is here. Yeah, I mean, do we want to? There are there any series in this now that we know what the bracket is? Are there any yeah. series that uh, truly intrigue you, perhaps more so than than obviously, or what the public might be might be viewing it currently as? More than how the public is viewing it. That's a good question. Because you look at it and you go, well, okay, these all look pretty much chalk. Uh, the four fives in both. Could See, be like I, I don't know that I agree with that's you. That's the chalk. nature of the. That's the nature of the four five. Okay, See, so like, where's where's the no chalk? Where's the lack of chalk? So like Oklahoma City, I will pick them to beat Portland. So like that's a okay. six three like upset. Okay. okay. Um, Fair enough. How do you feel about the Denver San Antonio series? I think that's going to be really co- really close. I do, and the reason that I say that is that. I will be very interested to see how Greg Popovich schemes around Nikola Jokic. Right. Or schemes at him in some situations on the defense. Right. Like, I would imagine that probably happens. Like, around the league, there's been, like, a tentativeness, I guess, to, like, projecting Mm -hmm. Denver in the playoffs. And I don't want to say that it's um, a lack of belief in Denver. It's more... What is the team going to look like in the playoffs? Yeah. Like right. it's, it's just like, we, we don't know what they're going to look like in the playoffs because we don't know how hard teams are going to attack Jokic. So, you know, you can kind of look through their season series against San Antonio. Um, they went two and two uh, in their season series, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part, like let's throw out this April game just because it's April basketball and it's always very strange, I think, even though both teams were like kind of trying, but it's like so stop-starty. Um, all of the games were like very close the in the first part of the season. Yeah. And there's I think a, um, because of that, it's going to yeah. be a very interesting series. There's a matchup situation in this that that is extremely peculiar because you do have a, ma- a, a, a Denver team that is – looking for the right word here. They just don't feel consistent. It's a very loose team. When they're on, they're spectacular, but they can also rev down. They're young. Uh, they're inexperienced, and you just don't really know what you're getting from them on any given night. As opposed to the Spurs, which honestly, you, you kind of know what you're getting every night. And it's not spectacular, but it's certainly good enough to beat you. And when you add in LaMarcus Aldridge versus Jokic, and then you have DeMar DeRozan, um, that I think the, the X factor in the series is going to be if DeRozan can still get his buckets because certainly the, the Nuggets have the wings and the defenders to make his life hell. And if DeRozan isn't getting his, it's going to be very, very difficult for San Antonio to really have anything anything to provide in this series. They just won't have the points. But if he can get his, that puts more and more pressure because it's just the constant push of San Antonio and it's slow and steady. And it might just win the race. So it's very interesting because if you're Denver, do you play Tory Craig pretty extensive minutes on DeRozan? That's what like, I was thinking. Just because like he's obviously kind of downgraded in their rotation throughout the course of the year, right? I mean, it, it, 
they've gotten pretty good at being interchangeable in this regard. And, and I don't know if DeRozan is necessarily necessarily you know demands that you put out your best wing defender and you know offense be damned which is ultimately what you know has has led to tory craig's demotion but you don't need 120 to beat the spurs you get 110 you're gonna win you're gonna win eight out of ten of those games i mean unless something crazy happens and they they drop a bunch of threes i mean they're just not dynamic enough the big question for me in this series in general there are two. There's one, what does Nikola Jokic look like in the playoffs? Um, of course. What does it look like when a team just consistently attacks him? Because I would imagine that what they're going to do is mm-hmm. they're going to play a ton of like 2-5 screen action with or 2-4 screen action, 3-4 screen action. Wherever DeMar DeRozan and you know LaMarcus Aldridge are in that lineup. Yep. They're gonna run those two through a ton of actions, and maybe it won't. Maybe 100%. it won't be or maybe it won't be Aldridge. I would imagine that it's probably gonna have to be Aldridge. I'd guess they play some lineups that are a little bit smaller to make sure that they get the Aldridge on Jokic matchup. But okay. I would imagine that that's gonna be what they do and force Jokic into space and see what happens in the playoffs when things are really amped up. And then the second part of that equation is. What does DeMar DeRozan look like in the playoffs outside of that Toronto scheme? Because he has obviously been a guy throughout his career that has not necessarily been what he is in the regular season in the playoffs. So if he can figure things out, maybe like, you know, and Dwayne Casey obviously has done a great job getting Detroit to the playoffs, but like Greg Popovich is obviously a different level than Dwayne Casey. If if One would venture say, yeah. Yeah, like if Popovich can figure out a way to get him in better spots, let's say for him, and get mm-hmm. him more comfortable looks, mm-hmm. I do think that there's a chance that he exceeds what we've seen from him in the past. Yeah, I would actually, I feel very comfortable saying that. Now, Denver is, is a solid defensive team in, in the positions, as I mentioned before, to where they could could make his life difficult. Well, I'll also give DeRozan this amount of credit. I think that he's done a better job of playmaking this year in San Antonio. Uh, they're more comfortable using him as a hub, kind of in the high post at times, to distribute to the shooters on the wings. And, and for as much turnover as that roster seemingly has year in and year out, they still got shooters. And uh, I, I just, again, I, I wouldn't be shocked. If Pop sees some light, he will take it. Now, last year against the Warriors, he basically admitted before game one, there's no way we're beating these guys, even with Steph Curry out. And right. so they, they put in a good effort. They put in a professional effort, but it, it didn't feel like there was any inspiration there. And I think the entire arena knew. Denver certainly does not carry anything close to that cachet in. And so, yeah, I, I think Pop's going to scheme up something really special because let's be honest. I, I will say I do think the what's Denver in front of them they can, they can they can make the it's a real thing. It's I think a it's very be real thing. Huge first playoff game in a while. You're at al- altitude. I think that that home court is going to be fucking wild. It's going to be fun. Don't get me wrong. I just the, the inexperience of this Nuggets team is going to have to remain at the forefront of everyone's mind until it's proven to not be a factor. Just straight yep. up. And say what you will about the, the Spurs and their lack of overall talent. And yes, they have some young guys on their team too, but they have the best coach of all time. They have their two best players in DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge have been through this fire before, at least the first round. Um, they have a, and, 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 and 
and listen, when I say that there's some light, this Spurs team can get to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. It, it's not a preposterous concept. They no, I don't beat, think it is at all. They have to beat a Denver team, which is gettable. And then they have to beat a team that they arguably might be better than anyway. Just straight up. They might be favored in the second round, regardless of who the opponent is. So um, I don't think much of San Antonio, but shit, when you have an opportunity like that, you got to take it because you're just one twisted ankle away. And who the fuck knows after that? Uh, yeah, you got to go. So I, I think Pop's going to scheme up something really special. You have to also then take into account that, you know, last year's wife died during the playoffs. And yeah. um, as callous as it might be to say, like that, that's not going to be happening in his life. He wasn't there. He literally was. He was at. He was at a funeral. He, he wasn't coaching that team. Yeah. Uh, I believe after Game Three. So, uh, yeah, the, the, this year I would expect something actually kind of special. And I, Nikola Jokic is going to have to prove that he's first team All NBA. Uh, I, 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 are those ballots in yet? Have, have, has everyone submitted their shit? Uh, I would have Joel Embiid you know? over Jokic for what it's worth. But I mean. I agree. What? I agree with you. I agree with you on that. But what I'm saying is, it, the national, the people who vote on that, I, my my belief is that that vote has to be in nowish. Yeah, and, it's before the uh, playoffs start for sure. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get a referendum on wherever Nikola Jokic is on you know first team or not first team yeah. in this first round because if he plays like the top five MVP candidate that he absolutely was this regular season. If he is, if he is the the main factor in it. Is it weird that I would have Jokic in the top five of MVP and would not have Joel Embiid in the top five of MVP, but would have Joel Embiid ahead of him on all NBA? Because I I do just genuinely think Joel Embiid is a better player and had a better overall season, but Nikola Jokic's inherent value to Denver is just so much greater than what Joel's value is to uh, uh, Philadelphia that I just strongly believe yeah. that like I like if I was building a team, That's I would just, rather have Embiid. But if I was voting on MVP in terms of who was most valuable, like I would rather have. Yeah. Jokic. That's just the nature of, of having, having the V in there, the most yeah, valuable player as opposed yeah. to all NBA, which is just who are the five best players. Yeah. We'll do an awards podcast at some point, but um, yeah, I got thoughts. Yeah. I'm sure you do. We've we've done it for two straight years. We should do it a third year. Um, <laughs> if the people will it. Um, anything in the East uh, interest you? This Boston-Indiana series could be fascinating. Boston-Indiana is going to be very interesting, I think. Do you, very, have, a, very uh, interesting. Do you have a, a, a pick? I do. I think that Boston figures it out. Okay. How long does it take for that to happen? Seven. I think this game goes yeah, seven. Yeah. Like no question in my mind. Um, at the I end of the day, I what it comes down to real tight six. Real yeah. Tight six. Like what it comes down to for me is just the lack of star power with Indiana. Like, right. Like Vic was playing. I probably would take Indiana. Yes. But they probably wouldn't be facing off against each other if Vic was playing, if we're being totally honest. Or yeah. Indiana would have home court in this situation. And that's not to say that like Indiana hasn't had an incredible season in spite of Vic's injury. They have. I mean, their defense is fucking unbelievable. Um, it's really just, good. Yeah, like they really rotate as one. It's But it's kind of like a – they're kind of like the Texas Tech 
of um, oh. the NBA this year in a lot of ways. Okay. And care to, care to elaborate on that? It's just that <laughs> they they're just play so great defense and they they're so stout defensively. They're so so stout defensively. Um, their rotations are just on point consistently. Miles Turner should get genuine consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at you know what what they have in the backcourt defensively too. Uh, you know, Corey Joseph is just so tough and physical. Um, Victor Oladipo, or not Victor Oladipo, Bogdan Bogdan, or Boyan Bogdanovich, um, has had a really strong year defensively compared to what he has in the past. I saw that Matt Moore put Boyan on his like fake All NBA team. I don't know that I would okay, go quite ridiculous. that far, but like I do think he's probably been like a top ten. Um, forward in the nba like because he plays the small forward or whatever you want to call it like kind of a wing player right um right you know demonis is great like they're just so so stout they're so smart they're so strong in the way that they play like i don't want to bet against them because they are much like texas tech is everything that i love about a college basketball or like an nba team or a college basketball team or whatever they are given that we're comparing the two sports right right but at the end of the day, man, like, yeah, I am going to bet on Boston's talent just kind of coming through and figuring it out. Uh, we've been assuming that it would happen all year. It hasn't happened in the way that we thought it would, but <laughs> that's where I'm going to bet on. I, I mean, yeah, it's simplistic Listen, I, I and like wanna... it's not analytical, but whatever. Yeah, I don't want to bet against uh, Boston in this series because if they put it together, they'll blow this Indiana team out of the water. And we have seen at times this year the Celtics sometimes just because of the stage of the moment just really turn it on. And uh, Kyrie certainly has the ability to more or less win this series kind of by himself. And, and Lord knows that the Celtics have enough talent around him to make that um, even more interesting and even yep. more of an onslaught. One thing to watch there so. for me is how quickly does Indiana like decide to take Darren Collison off the floor? Because they've been a lot better right. defensively without Darren this year. Um, Good call. I'll just be very interested to see like what they do lineup-wise, basically, to try and match up with Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, in, in, yeah, there's there's so much. If we knew the answer to why the Celtics are the way that the Celtics are, uh, this series would be a lot easier to predict, and it would certainly you know, probably result in a Celtics victory. It's just one that I'm going to be keeping my eye on, particularly if Indiana goes up one nothing, because uh, as much as we say, oh well, you know, the Celtics, you know, now it's playoff time and they'll lock it in and it will it will be okay. The pressure of the playoffs might also crumble this team. I, I don't know if they have the foundation in place to handle the stresses and rigors of uh, a real existential challenge come postseason. So something to keep an eye on for sure. I'm trying to think, are there – so like Oklahoma City and um... – Portland like we should probably talk about why I like Oklahoma City there like and have kind of said throughout that I like Oklahoma City there um right what's the deal with what's the deal with CJ McCollum I mean is he is he yeah. even 100 percent yeah like my my big thing is that if CJ plays doesn't play uh plays at less than you know a hundred percent. I think it's going to be really tough yeah. for Portland to generate offense against Oklahoma city. Um, you know, totally. he, he, like CJ is going to play. Like I shouldn't say like is, you know, isn't going to play, but, but is he going to be CJ McCollum? You know, is he going to be that guy? Right. Like that's the, that's the big question. I think, um, and his two games back from injury, he was eight of 26 from the field. 
uh, you know, only had 20 points uh, combined in those two games and played like 27 minutes um, a game mm-hmm. in them. So I, I really, you know, like, look, it's a two game sample and like we shouldn't ascribe like a crazy amount to it. But like I, I did go back and watch those games this morning because I was curious about it. And I don't think he looked 100 at all. No, 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 not 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 from what I saw either. But um you know, maybe he was taking it a bit easy. Maybe. Uh, I mean, like maybe he was easing right. his way back in. And like then, that is the case. You know, obviously they're without Yusuf Nurkic as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to bet on Oklahoma City's defense and their star power to come through in this series. Again, Portland has lost nine straight playoff games. I'm just going to bet on uh, Oklahoma City figuring it out. Yeah, at the same time, uh, I, I will also always bet on Russell Westbrook shooting his team out of games. It's reasonable. Uh, and, I, and I think it's going to happen more than once in this series. I do think that this is going to be a bit of a nail-biter. Uh, I don't disagree with you that Oklahoma City should win it, but I don't think it's going to be necessarily as, as straightforward as it could be even with uh, a banged-up McCollum and, and no Nurkic for Portland, which impossible to not mention the fact that they don't have Nurkic. And you know, you're know you going to be playing Ennis Cantor significant minutes at the center position. Shout That's out Cantor Bowl. It's not going to work against Stephen Adams. I'm excited. It's just, for uh, it, it, yeah, I'm not. I'm not because I value defense on occasion, and uh, yeah, not 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 working out all that great on that end of the court. I I hope that the Blazers make it interesting. I, I sure as hell hope they win one. Just win one fucking game. Get that monkey off your back. I think they will. Uh, I, I think and, this goes six, and, and then, I think it's Oklahoma City in six. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if it went seven. And I'll pick Oklahoma City in seven, but I wouldn't be shocked if it if it went the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm looking up to see what the lines are in this. Um, oh in yeah, this series. give me them lines. Give me them lines, baby. To see what we've got. Um, oh, there we go. NBA playoffs. This in, is what we're looking for. Yeah. In the meantime, Some, I mean, I think we can all agree that Philadelphia is going to run over Brooklyn. I'd be shocked if it went six. Probably go Philly in five. Um, Toronto over Orlando. I'll do six just because I'm weird. Um, Warriors over LA. I think gentlemen sweep at worst. Uh, uh, Milwaukee over Detroit. Five. Five seems right for that one. I think four. I think Milwaukee sweeps. Okay, and then uh, I, I don't like I don't like picking sweeps. It just feels mean. Uh, and then it does, but I, the reason I say that is that I don't like the matchup of Detroit not having a ton of spacing against Milwaukee's like super long defense, where they can sure. like just throw multiple guys at Blake and cause them all sorts of issues. Yeah, but Milwaukee shoots so many threes that they they might just hit a variance game. They might, they they absolutely could, but we just haven't seen that from them yet. No, you're right. I, 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 this year we're in cahoots. You're right, but um, yeah, I don't know. And then have we really broken down Utah, Houston yet? We've referenced it several times. But I don't think we've really gotten to a deep breakdown. How are those lines looking, by the way? Yeah, I'm struggling right now. This is uh, this is not great. Come on, what do, what do you want? What do you use? I gotta I gotta just go to Action Network. By the way, shout out Action Network, great place. Yeah. Um, let's see here. We've got. Yeah, I got the first round series. Out. It took me 20 seconds. Um, am I am I this dumb? Like, is that what's happening here? I just went to I just went to Vegas Insider. No offense to the Action Network, but uh, the Bucks are uh, minus ten thousand versus Detroit. Sounds uh, right. So yeah, they're feeling about right. 
Toronto uh, minus thirteen hundred against the Magic. Magic at plus eight hundred. Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Sixers minus seven hundred. Nets plus five hundred. And then uh, Boston is minus six hundred against Indiana, which is um, that's surprising. That's about right. The yeah, I felt I felt like I feel like there's good value on Pacers plus four fifty there. Um, the Warriors are minus fifty thousand against the Clippers. That is, uh, you can make sounds right. Uh, so much money on betting the Clippers. That is an obscene number. Nuggets minus two forty against the Spurs. So that is not awesome. Uh, the I Thunder minus one. A, I might take Spurs a flyer plus on the Spurs in that at plus two hundred. Spurs plus two hundred seems like a good value there. Uh, Thunder minus one thirty against yeah, the Blazers. So the I Blazers are the take, underdogs. Yeah, I'll probably take Thunder minus one thirty. Yeah, Blazers plus one ten, and then uh, the Rockets minus four hundred against the Jazz, who are getting a plus three twenty. So maybe good value there on the Jazz. Man, I, like I don't think I can do S. that though. Really? I don't. Like I, I just think Houston wins that series. How many games? Six. Okay. Okay. That lines up. That lines up with minus minus four hundred. That lines up. Yeah. I think it's a. I think it's. A, I think it's a sevener. And I really have no Could be. actual explanation as to why, other than uh, I trust neither of these teams in playoff situations. So the the big thing here is so like just kind of running through um, you know their games this season. So you know they caught the Rockets early twice, um, right? And that, like that in, doesn't count. Like in the first twenty six games where the Rockets were struggling along, uh, the first third of the season, uh, caught them again December seventeenth. The Rockets had kind of turned it. They lost to the Rockets, um, and then they caught them again on February second at home, and the Rockets like just wrecked them. So I don't like yeah. that's a one game sample and like look I don't want to take like a crazy amount away from it especially given that the Rockets like didn't have Chris Paul in that game didn't have Clint Capella in that game um, but man it's it's tough for me to get past that too I don't I don't disagree that it's tough uh, and I'm not I'm not picking them uh, don't don't get me wrong but I still think it's interesting yeah still yeah think it is it's interesting. Um, all right, and so it, I'm gonna it can get real interesting real fast with this team. I'll just run through my picks like you did. Uh, I'm gonna say like uh, okay. Milwaukee in four, Toronto in five, okay. Um, okay. Philadelphia in. I'm gonna say six. I think Brooklyn gets a couple okay. of those games, um, but cool. Philadelphia ultimately wins. Um, I'm gonna say okay. Boston in six. Okay. Eh, maybe seven. I'll say Boston in seven. I think that's a very close series. Yeah, you said that uh, earlier. Yep, that yeah, that was the number you gave earlier. I gave I gave it six. Uh, Golden State in four because I think mm-hmm. that they just fucking hate the Clippers and want to end them. Yeah. Um, Denver. I'm gonna say San Antonio <laughs> in seven. I am. I'm gonna say say. Uh, probably has to be in six though. Man, the home court. No, I'm gonna say Denver in seven. I really think the home court is Denver carry in them. seven. Yeah, I will yeah. take. I well here. So like, I think plus two hundred is good value on San Antonio, and I will play, take plus two hundred. Because I think that ultimately it's yeah. like a fifty-five forty-five series in my mind, um, right? But I will, if you're making me pick, I will say Denver in seven. Denver in seven. You and should probably say, take out just a straight San Antonio in six line. I probably should. Honestly, that's really smart. Um, and then I'm going to say Oklahoma City in six, and okay. Agree with you on Oklahoma City in six. Houston, as much in, as it 
Houston and uh, Houston and six, I think. Yeah, that that feels like a series. We we mentioned the home court advantage, right? Of of Denver, and obviously there's there's a bit more raucousness, if you will, uh, because it's Denver's first playoff series in a whole long time. But it's not as if Utah isn't at elevation either. Like they have a home court. No, it advantage. is. No question. It and absolutely I is. The, I, I'll tell. I'll tell you what the Warriors are wishing for. As many games in Utah for the Rockets as possible where James Harden has to carry the entirety of the load so that he's just completely exhausted in round two because they have been banking it to a certain extent on when they play Harden, he's going to be so goddamn tired from playing in arguably a more taxing season uh, than last year. And then, you know, just, just wearing down the way that he usually wears down come playoff time. And now you get him in the second round. In theory, he's going to have fresher legs. So they're, they're asking of Utah to uh, take a toll on, on Mr. James Harden, which, based on Utah and Golden State's relationship, I, it might be it might be Houston in five. <laughs> yeah, it could be. It really could be. I, I honestly thought about Houston in five. I, I was thinking more about Houston in five versus Houston in seven. Put it that way. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm in, uh, I'm in agreement with you. Though and that's uh, no knock on, you know, Utah. Like Utah's great. Um, they've had a really, really strong close to the year, but yeah, God, I'm yeah, gonna have to go. I, with Houston. I, I might, I, I might, I want to watch game one and perhaps change my mind because it, it's such, it's going to be such a direct and rote game between the two of them. They really just, both teams really just have one kind of smoke, and I'm fascinated to see just how game one goes. Because if Utah's smoke looks on par with Houston's smoke, that is incredibly informative for the rest of the series. There's not going to be any change-ups. They're just going to keep throwing haymakers at each other to the best of their ability. And um, game one's going to tell us pretty much everything we need to know, I'd I'd estimate. Yeah. Dieter, is there anything else going on in your life? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, Not with people in general. We can talk differently, though. That's true. Let's get out of here. It's super... That's super shady. Uh, <laughs> so shady. I feel so crappy. This is like the wire. <laughs> we're just out here. Uh, we're not. We're not going to be uh, taking notes at a criminal conspiracy. To quote Stringer Bell. <laughs> so bad. Oh my uh, god. I need to. Re- that's that's something I might do. That's something I might do during these playoffs. So the playoffs are beautiful in the sense of there's actually a lot more downtime. I get to focus on one team. Uh, they kind of do their thing that day. I write a thing or two, and then it's like, oh, now what do I do? And uh, instead of drinking, I might just like go and, and rewatch The Wire. And oh, I thought you were going to say you're going to start a criminal conspiracy. <laughs> oh no, of course. I mean that that goes without saying. Uh, but you know, just for a little bit of inspiration on top of it, I might I might rewatch The Wire. Right. I don't know any any movie recommendations for me there, Hancho. I got some time on my hands now. Uh, we've got Chris Davis at over fifty two right now. By the way. Um, oh goddamn, that's tough. Meanwhile, the look. meanwhile the other Chris Davis who's playing in uh, in Baltimore at this moment keeps hitting home runs because yeah. you can't stop this A's offense. So obviously, being on the road, I haven't like had a chance to go out and see a crazy amount of things. I'm excited for Shazam. I'm excited for Pet Cemetery. Um, okay. Not excited for Hellboy. I don't think that it looks all that good. Um, trying to think, is there anything I've seen recently? Let me go to my list. Um, yes, I have. A Did list you watch anything too. on a on the plane? I haven't. Like I've been doing work on flights. Honestly, I hmm. haven't really. I, I can't the do inventor. that because my arms are too long. Yeah, I watched the inventor. What did you watch? Uh, the uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, is that the Michael Keaton movie? No, that's oh, the founder. Yeah. So 
that's the founder. Sorry, um, the inventor. Uh, so I read Bad Blood, the book. Mm-hmm. The book I've heard the book is, is exceptional. Yeah, yeah, I highly recommend it. So I'm a big Audible guy. So to say I read it is probably uh, misinformation. Uh, I listened to the book uh, and read probably like twenty percent of it max because you can get both on Amazon. Uh, the book is just like that shit's wild. It, it's all extremely plausible. Don't get me wrong. It, it doesn't feel like fiction. Uh, it, it should be, but it doesn't feel like it. But the sh- it is just every page is just something wild. So highly recommend Bad Blood, the book, if you got that time, kind of time on your hands. Um, have you seen Us? I don't think I've talked about Us on the podcast. I, ha- I have seen Us. I have seen Us. What were your initial thoughts? I'll, I'll wait for yours before I share mine because I, I got I to gotta feel the room here. So my initial reaction was that it was good, not great. Um, yes. As I've stepped away and thought about it, I've thought it was somewhere above good. Like maybe it was not as good as Get Out. It was, it's been like so long since I've seen it now. It feels, it genuinely feels like it's been a year since I've seen it. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say it was a great film. I do think it was no. a very, very good film that like should not be up for an Oscar probably. I agree with that. I think that there is a level of kind of audience ball busting with that movie that I'm almost like, I almost want to tip my cap to Jordan Peele for it because I think it was probably, I don't think there was some deeper message or anything like that, that most people want to ascribe to movies like that, particularly after Get Out, which was painfully obvious what the message was there. Uh, so there are, you know, all sorts of theories and oh, I the, definitely this means this and this like means that like, I, to us. You, you think you think there is a message? Yes. I think that he made it deliberately ambiguous so that people would talk about it. So I, I think the message is that where you're born uh, defines so much of where like what your life is. I think it's essentially a commentary on mm-hmm. um, just status within society. Uh, no so, one could disagree with that. I, I'm talking about even like a deeper, a deeper thing. Cause like, that's an obvious metaphor. There's no, and there's no, it is no, again, no one's going to debate that. It I'm is for saying, sure. But I, 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 I think, think that's that, what he's hoping for. And, and to be honest, the, the problem, that's for a me simple was, metaphor. We're not, we're not dealing with the simple metaphors when you, when you're getting into online theories about this movie. I mean, we're just like 10 levels deeper than that. And it's all just completely laughable to me. Well, the, the problem I think for to him, me but was that I thought that, and this is where you might want to like stop like listening if you haven't seen us for whatever reason. Um, yeah, please stop listening under any. But yeah, like I thought the twist was very obvious. Like as soon as the like I thought the twist was the first scene, and I knew what was going to happen after the first scene, mm-hmm. which was in okay. like oh right gonna, yes yes I'm not yes. going to say what it was because like I, I like just yes, in case yes, anyone yes. is still listening, but. No, you're right. You're right. Heather called that too. Yeah. Like Laura and I were sitting in the theater. Called it straight up. Yeah. And we, and Laura's like looked at me and she's went, Oh, X. And I was like, yes, that's Mm -hmm. exactly. You're a hundred percent. (laughs) That's And we all said, why? 
uh, and then we watched the rest of the movie. It was a, it was good. It was good. I mean, it's a good movie. I'm not. I would recommend people see it. Let's, it let's was an it expertly way, but, uh, crafted movie in terms of cinematography, in terms of uh, mise en scène, mm-hmm. like stylistic choices. Uh, yes, framing. It was it was beautiful. I just thought that it was also it was really well acted as well. Like Lupita, like we should talk about Lupita yes. because I think that I expect to not see a better performance this season or this entire year. Yeah, though the the shadow voice, um, while cool and you know part of the great performance, was also like super laughable. See, like, did did work kind of, for me. Like, not going to lie to you, did work for me. Um, no, no, no. It, it 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 worked. And then uh, the next day, I'm on Twitter, and I can't remember whose joke this was, but someone went like Lupita Luongo tunnel person voice, and like said like I would like you know two Arby's burgers or whatever, and I thought about just anything being said in that voice. And now that shit is just eminently hilarious to me. So I can't see her anywhere without thinking about that ridiculous fucking voice. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Sorry. Sorry. But just the the emotion that she had to show on her face in multiple roles. Yeah, no, she's incredible. She's incredible. She's, she's incredible. I thought I thought everybody was – yeah, I, I think that you know even Tim Heidecker is, was really good. And I thought that everyone nailed it. I mean it was a really well – it was a really well-crafted movie across the board. I just yeah. don't think that it meant something much larger than the the obvious. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, like because Shahadi for, Wright Joseph was incredible. Winston Duke was incredible. Elizabeth Moss. Winston Duke's going to be a superstar, man. I would imagine that they that uh, Jordan Peele just told Elizabeth Moss, act as absurd as humanly possible and yes. vamp it the whole time, and it works. Like, it's great. Um, Nailed it. Just absolutely un. Just a perfect, everything in terms of the performances was perfect. I will be disappointed if Lupita doesn't get nominated for an Oscar, but I don't necessarily think it's a best nominated film. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. It was, it, it's kind of, oh my God. I can't like Lupita is this. already a star just because, you know, she has an Oscar and she is, yes. she was in Black Panther and everything. But like, if you think about it, this is like the first like major film where she has This is been, the first blockbuster that yeah. she's been in or she that, that been she's the been the, the central character yeah and she destroyed it she's been on she was unbelievable in that movie uh it was just the, the writing was Peele's like slightly off ability for sure the fact that yeah. i'm sorry the script was just slightly off i thought just wasn't oh, quite yeah, as tight yeah, as yeah. what get I, out was it's a high standard a yeah high i mean standard. he won an oscar um, for get out i think get out's like maybe one of the five best movies of the last decade so like if it's yeah. unfair to compare get out to another movie or like compare another movie to get out uh obviously jordan this, Peele yeah, doing this, both this invites was, it this, yeah but, this is not a four-star movie this was this was a, a solid a rock solid three yeah if we're I, I would say it was like three and a half or so like maybe like three okay. three two five or like three three five yeah if we're getting like into the weeds on this yeah, you see, I'm not a coward. I don't do half stars. So, um, <laughs> yeah, solid three. Um, Peter, pick, tell pick the star. people. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dieter, tell the people where they can find your work. Uh, San Jose Mercury News, East Bay Times for now. You never know. Uh, playoff basketball. I'll be coming in with my hot takes on the daily about the Golden State Warriors and perhaps even the NBA as a whole for the next uh, two months. And, uh, 
on Twitter at dkurtenbach. That's D-K-U-R-T-E-N-B-A-C-H. Please do not hold this podcast appearance against me. Uh, do you know if you can take candles on flights? <laughs> this is a Jordan Bell reference. No, it's it's actually not. I'm actually like very curious. <laughs> I bought a candle yesterday, you ta- and you're talking you're talking about a, an unlit candle or like a an lit unlit candle? wax candle. <laughs> yeah, you should be fine. Are you sure? Because like uh, I was like wondering, like is this flammable theoretically or not? Is this a liquid? Uh, like I mean, no more flammable than your clothes or the cigarettes that people carry with them on planes, and you can take a candle on a plane. I promise you. I, I'm fairly certain I've done it. Okay, I'm in. I mean, you, you can look this shit up too. Also, what are, you're flying out of Portland? Yeah, yeah you'll be fine. Okay, I mean, we're not we're know. not dealing we're not dealing with we're not dealing with you know Hartsfield where every person needs to be cavity searched because God knows this line isn't long enough already. God, Atlanta! Oh my God! At some point during the very short, very fleeting off season, where there is apps actually not not like. Not like offseason, like, oh, free agency. Like, when there's nothing happening in the NBA for those three days all year, Sam and Dieter's airport power rankings, both positive and negative for the people. God. Uh, Jovan, uh, Jovan Bua already got in trouble for this with Minneapolis. Yes, We're just gonna I, talked, like... I, talked to jo- I, I, I talked to my man. Uh, <laughs> I get to see I love... him again. Come I, should have, I should have Jovan yeah. on the podcast more. Jovan's great. Jovan's Terrific the best. human. Uh, but uh man go follow jovan go follow the podcast go do everything uh rate review subscribe more than anything though uh to the podcast on itunes soundcloud google play android whatever you listen to this podcast on it really helps if you subscribe it really helps us move up in the rankings um we'll be back next week at some point you have anything negative to say about the minneapolis airport we we getting that out of the way oh i was just in the minneapolis airport i actually don't weirdly because that's, that's what that's what Jov, that's what Jovan got in trouble for. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was fine. Um, I, I did not have any like strong takes. Not uh, honestly, like I don't. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, like I didn't I, have any I've strong never, takes I've never, either I've never way. Never had an issue with it. Yeah, never had an issue with it. But normal is what airport. it is. Normal airport. Uh, we'll yeah. be back uh, maybe early next week. Now that I'm like back and living a normal human being's life. So until next time, we'll talk soon. Bye.